You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, March 1st, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. I hope you had a good weekend. On today's show, we are going to look at the Jets' sophomore class of 2020. For many players in the NFL, the biggest improvement they make is between year one and year two. I frequently warn on this podcast against having high expectations for rookies. It's very difficult to transition into the NFL. You are playing against a much higher caliber of opponent. You're talking about players who are more developed. You're talking about players who are stronger, faster. And just talking about player, your opposition is much better than what you face in college. Even at the top levels of college, very few players make the NFL. So you're talking about, in the NFL, players who were essentially were college all-stars. The worst player in the NFL, odds are he was a really good college player. Odds are they were, he was one of the top players in college. Now, there are always exceptions. There are late bloomers. There are role players who maybe carve out their own position in the NFL. But for the most part, the NFL is a league full of the top players in college. And even if you're not a very good player in college... I'm sorry, even if you're not a very good player in the NFL, odds are you're you are a very good player in college. Something that's easy to forget. In the NFL, you're talking about the best of the best. If you make if you make an NFL roster, you are one of the top players in the world. And all of this is to say it takes some time to transition into the NFL. There are things like learning complex schemes. There are things like learning new techniques, more sophisticated coaching. And there are just other things we don't even think about, like the fact that you're moving to a new city. There's an adjustment phase there. Football becomes your job. There's just a lot to take in. And for all of these changes to take place over a very short time, and for you to go out there and perform as a rookie, really tough to do. There are a handful of rookies that perform every year, but it's always less than what you expect. I think after the draft each year, Every fan base in the NFL thinks that they're going to get five immediate contributors, and it very rarely works out that way. In fact, I say after the second round, you should view any contribution from a rookie as a bonus, not something you should expect. The guys at the top of the draft, they're your elite prospects. So those are guys who are NFL caliber players, but other players typically have things they need to work on. So as much as we focus on rookies, and we should focus on the progress of rookies, Year two, in some ways, is more important because if you did not contribute as a rookie, it's, it's understandable, but you want to see progress in year two. You want to see a player ascending. Even if the player is not a finished product in year two, it's a good sign if they're making progress, and it's not a good sign if, they're the same, if they have made no progress, if they're the same player they were as a rookie. So on today's show, what I wanted to do was take a look back at the sophomore seasons of the Jets in 2020 the players who were in their second year and see what they did. And I guess we'll start off on the positive note. And I mean, I don't think there's a lot positive you can say, but I think year two was a success for Quinn and Williams, even though he did end the year 
injured, and the start of the year was not very good either. You may forget about this, but week one against Buffalo, he had three tackles and played a very quiet game. In fact, I remember after that game, I was getting emails saying, John, you got to be harder on Quinn and Williams. I even got a few emails saying he was a total bust. Well, fortunately, things improved as we moved deeper into the season. In fact, the very next week against the 49ers, he had a two-sack game. And I think the first half of the year, he was kind of inconsistent. There were some excellent performances like the San Francisco game, and then there were some games where he was pretty quiet. But around halfway through the season, it just felt like things started to click. And it started to click against the run and against the pass. I mentioned on the show recently that, according to Pro Football Focus, he was top six in a a stat called run stops. And essentially what run stops are, are tackles against the run that result in a play failing for the offense. These are plays where, you know, you get a stop on third down, you stop somebody for no gain on third and one, or you stop somebody for one yard on first and ten. And the reason you use run stops instead of tackles is that, you know, you may get you may tackle a guy 30 yards down the field on a run play, but it's not really a successful play. It's not really you making a play. But he also was in the top 20 range for pressures, and that's pretty good too. So a lot you can build on for Quinn and Williams going forward. And you have to remember, he missed the last couple of games of the year because he was hurt. So you add on what he could have done the last couple of games if he was on the field. And you have one of the better defensive linemen in the NFL. And I think Quinnen Williams, in some ways, is kind of a victim of expectations because he was drafted so high. He came in with so much hype that people wanted him to be the best in the NFL right off the bat. And again, it's tough to do. And to be honest with you, expectations still may have been too high even after year one, even considering the fact that rookies kind of struggle when they enter the NFL. We all want players drafted high to be like a top five player at their position, a top three player at those at their position, but I'm not sure they necessarily need to do that in order to be a successful draft pick. And I think sometimes we overestimate what you can expect from a high draft pick. I think when you pick in the top three, you assume that you get an automatic superstar player, and that's not always the case. In fact, I remember I looked this up about two years ago when the Jets had the third pick, and... I found about it was about half the time you you got the type of player you were looking for with third overall. There are lots of times where you get a player who doesn't really bring anything to the table or brings marginal things to the table. So, yeah, you'd love to see Quinnen Williams develop into an all-pro, into you know a top three defensive tackle, top three interior lineman. But I think if he's the guy we saw the second half of this season that's going to be plenty good enough. I think we're going to be very happy with this draft pick moving forward. And of course, Quinnen Williams is also dealing with the failed expectations of past Jets interior defensive linemen. The last decade was one where the Jets frequently used first-round picks on interior defensive linemen, and none of them worked out for the long term. Now, there were some excellent seasons out of Muhammad Wilkerson. There were some a couple good seasons out of Sheldon Richardson. But ultimately... There was a lot of disappointment in first round, first round interior defensive linemen, and I think sometimes if Quinn and Williams has a bad stretch, people recall the failures of the past and they hold it against Quinn and Williams. So lots of expectations on Quinn and Williams, but I think all things considered, for year two, pretty successful. 
Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online also covers awards, reality TV, and TV shows, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, talking about the Jets sophomore class of 2020 players whose second NFL season was this past year. Now, of course, the second player the Jets drafted in 2019 is no longer with the team. In fact, he failed to make the team out of his rookie training camp. Very unusual to see a player drafted as high as the third round fail to make the opening day roster, but Ja'Kai Polite, of course, failed to do that. And part of that was due to a general manager change. This is kind of an awkward class. This 2019 draft class for the Jets, there, there are some awkward things. The biggest one is that the guy who drafted them, Mike McCagnan, was fired before the team's first game. So that's one of the things that played into Polite being cut, although the biggest thing was just that Polite was a big mistake drafting him at 68. And Polite went to the Rams. He bounced between the active roster and the practice squad this past season. I remember he, he actually had a sack in a game. So he has he, he now has one NFL sack. And I saw a few people online talk about how the Jets made a mistake letting him go. Of course, that was the only sack he had all year. So it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, Polite's just a reminder of the importance of scouting and also how scouting is not necessarily 100% about film. In fact, in some ways, I feel like the job of the scout is done kind of behind the scenes more than it is on film. The reason I say that is, although film study is really important for scouts, we're in a day and age where film is readily accessible. There are lots of people outside the league who can do a good job evaluating a prospect's film. What the scout needs to do is leverage his contacts and figure out whether a player has the motivation, the work ethic to succeed in the NFL. And that was one area where the Jets clearly failed. And quite frankly, the Jets were behind the other 31 teams because nobody else seemed very interested in Ja'Kai Polite. So Jets essentially wasted a third-round pick due to poor scouting. Their second third-round pick in 2019 was Chuma Idoga. And again, I think this is another player where maybe there was a bit of disconnect between the old front office and the new front office, because I think the old front office, and this is just my guess, but I think the the old front office viewed Idoga as a future starter, whereas I think this new front office, led by Joe Douglas, perhaps used him as more of a backup, more of a swing tackle. And swing tackle is an important player on your team. Swing tackle is essentially your primary backup tackle. Ideally, it's somebody who can play both the left and the right side effectively. The Jets drafted Makai Becton last year in the first round to be their long-term left tackle. They signed George Fant last offseason to play right tackle. And Adoga moved to the swing tackle role. And he got extensive playing time in five games. He, He... Got playing time in six games. One of them was a game he was supposed to start for an injured Becton against Denver week four. And he left that game early. He left that game after only four snaps. And he was very up and down. You know, he had I thought he played pretty well his first couple games. He played well in a game against the Colts where he came in. 
as an injury replacement. He played pretty well, I thought, a game against Arizona. I think some of the other games were, were not as effective. So kind of up and down, kind of a guy who looked like a backup. And I think that that is an improvement. You know, I talk about upward tra- trajectory being important. I think that that what Adoga did this last year is kind of positive. And I, I know there's a tendency to think that a third-round pick absolutely has to be a s- starter, but the fact of the matter is that if you can get a quality backup out of the third round, I think, still think that's a pretty effective use of a draft pick. You know, third round, the miss rate is very high. Ideally, you want to get a starter out of the third round, but if you can find a role player, if you can find a backup, I think that's not the worst outcome in the world. And Adoka is only going to be 24 this year, so I still think there is some room for growth. Could he become a, a starter? Yes. I was kind of encouraged by what I saw out of Adoga this past year, though. And if he's nothing more than a swing tackle, cheap swing tackle for the Jets the next couple years, I still think that that's not a bad outcome. Now, the next player the Jets drafted in 2019 was Trayvon Wesco, and... I don't have high hopes for fourth-round picks, but you know I, this was not a pick I really understood at the time. And I have to say, two years in, I, I still don't really understand why the Jets picked Trayvon Wesco in the fourth round. And part of this is that they only had six picks in the 2019 draft. And when you only have six picks, you really need to hit on a high percentage of them. And the Jets took a guy in Wesco who essentially was a very, very small role player a guy who really projected as a one-dimensional guy and a dimension that's not even that important. I mean, he was really brought in to be a blocking tight end, and he was kind of a... I thought he was kind of a project as a blocking tight end. I felt like there were some technical things that needed refinement. And through two years, I can't say he's... I think he's a consistent blocker. And he doesn't play that much either. I mean, that's the other thing is that he did not have extensive playing time in 2020. Uh, he only played 146 snaps on offense, had about two-thirds of them at the tight end position. He was the fullback around one-third of the time. I thought he was very inconsistent as a blocker. And the Jets, as you know, had one of the weakest tight end groups in the NFL. So there was plenty of opportunity for Wesco to emerge, and he struggled to even earn playing time. So, you know, my hopes were not high for Wesco when the Jets drafted him. And i got to be honest, my hopes do not continue, continue to not be high for Wesco because I just don't see a ton of upside there. I think best case scenario, he turns into a decent blocking tight end. And that's nice to have. But in today's NFL, I want a tight end who can threaten the defense through the air. That's where the tight ends make their money in the NFL these days. It's as a weapon in the passing game. And I just don't think Wesco's ever going to get there. I don't even think he's that great of a blocker, to be honest with you. So uh, we'll see what happens in year three. But this was a pick that kind of baffled me at the time, and I still feel kind of baffled by it. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and the new Built Bar is even more delicious. There are six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to go with the 12 originals, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, Salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON20, 
you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked, uh, promo code locked on 20, L O C K E D O N, and the number two, number zero, locked on 20 for 20% off at Built Bar, B U I L T B A R.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, doing the Jets' sophomore review for the year 2020. The players who were drafted in 2019 just completed their second season. And we move on now to Blake Cashman, a linebacker who I was excited when the Jets drafted him in the fifth round in 2019. 2020 was a lost season for him. I mean, he dealt with hamstring injuries. He only played three defensive snaps. You know, he looked like he was going to have an active role on the defense at the start of the year. There were plenty of opportunities because of all of the changes the Jets had at the linebacker position, but hamstring injuries limited him. He had two stints on the on injured reserve, only played three defensive snaps, finished the year playing four games, four tackles. Now you may ask, how did he only have, how did he have four tackles if he only played three snaps? He also played on special teams when he returned from his initial injury, but really a lost season for him. When he was drafted, I, there were lots of concerns over whether his shoulders could hold up. He suffered a shoulder injury his rookie year, and in year two, just could not get himself on the field. A guy who could be a decent fit for Robert Sala's defense, and a guy who, again, I thought was talented. I think he fell to the fifth round for reasons other than talent. Unfortunately, those reasons were due to injuries, and through two seasons, he's looked to be a pretty injury-prone player, so... A guy who I think you enter year three hoping for the best, but kind of expecting the worst. And the last player the Jets drafted in 2019 was Bless Austin, who, I gotta be honest, I think probably entered 2020 with a little bit too much hype off what was a pretty solid finish to 2019. You know, he got into the lineup, he had suffered a couple of serious knee injuries in college, he was not even expected to play in 2019. Jets drafted him in the sixth round, and that was kind of a surprise. And because of injuries, because of ineffectiveness, the Jets made him a starter about halfway through 2019. And aside from a couple rough games, he had a rough game late in the season against Miami, one against Pittsburgh where he was benched, held up pretty well. But there were some caveats to that. First of all, he spent a lot of time across from Arthur Mallett, who was not very good. Sometimes when you're playing across from a guy who's not very good, you don't get targeted because the other team wants to go after that guy frequently. The other thing, and we've talked about this in other contexts, the end of 2019, the Jets did not face very good quarterbacks. So they were not, Jets were not facing teams that could really take advantage of Austin. And I think 2020 was a struggle for him. In fact, I look at Austin's skill set. I don't think he's a great cover guy. I think, you know, I don't, I'm not sure he's fast enough to play one on one against receivers. I don't love the way he tracks the ball. I think that, you know, if he's going to play corner, you got to play him in a very limited area, maybe a constricted zone. But he is a guy who likes to hit. He is a guy who's not afraid to hit. When you watch the cornerback position in this league, you see some guys that kind of go out of their way to avoid tackling. Bless Austin likes to hit. And I look at you know, I look at his profile, I look at his game, and I almost feel like if it's gonna happen for him, maybe he has to move to like a strong safety position where his tackling can be utilized more and his cover you know, his coverage issues, especially in man, maybe won't be exposed as much. I think it was a tough year for him, though. He got into the starting lineup in part because the Jets really did not have anybody else, and there were a couple decent games in there. I thought he played well week one against Buffalo, but I, I thought he was exploited quite a bit. I, you know, I, I go th- forward thinking that he's probably more a backup than he is a, a starter. 
I just don't. And look, if he turns into a quality backup for a sixth round pick, that's not a bad scenario. That's actually kind of a good scenario. But I think people were looking for him to step into a starting role this year. And I don't think he showed that he's a starter in the NFL. And then one last player I'm going to talk about who was not drafted, but that's Kyle Phillips, who had an excellent year one. In fact, he was one of the, he's actually one of the top run defenders as an edge position as an edge as a rookie in the NFL in 2019 very quietly was excellent against the run 2020 was different in fact it was kind of odd because the Jets did not put him on the field very much he now he only played seven games due to injury in 2019 as a rookie he was on the field for half the Jets defensive snaps if you prorate what he played to over the course of a full season in 2020, he would have been on the field for about oh, 30% of the snaps. So his playing time went down, really did not produce very much while he was in there. So kind of disappointing. I don't think he really took the step forward you were hoping to see him take this past year. And we'll see what happens year three. Again, undrafted rookie, so I don't want to put too much pressure on him. I think, again, if he's a quality rotational edge, that's fine. I'm not sure he's ever going to be more than that, though. I think there were questions. Could he build on his success against the run? Could he develop more as a pass rusher? Through two, through year two, the answer seems to be no, but still a fairly successful undrafted free agent signing so far. And if you go back to 2019, you could make a case that Phillips made the team over polite. So the Jets essentially gave Phillips a spot based on merit, even though another player had been drafted higher. So that's something you'd like to see going forward. And it's easier for Joe Douglas to do with Mike McCagney's picks than it is his own. But I like the fact that Phillips made the team based on merit. And he rewarded the Jets in 2019, even though 2020 was kind of quiet. And if he's only a, a, deep, a rotational defensive end going forward, I still think that's a pretty good scenario for the Jets. I th- still think that's pretty successful. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a good Monday, everybody. We'll be back back tomorrow to talk more Jets.